language in this show may be too harsh for young listeners. In other words, we still struggling with our cussing. Listening to Psycho Music Lyricology, a podcast where music touches the mind and heals the soul. I'm one of your co-hosts, the guy that doesn't know something about hip hop, Sheldon Moss, <laughs> along with the dude that is always secure about his opinion, <laughs> Michael Nelson. Oh, you know what the hell you just said? <laughs> and the professor, Maurice Moss. What's up? Hey man, I know a little something about hip hop. Is that what you said? Yeah, I know a little oh, something. Okay, I was like, what is he saying? Yeah, but before we get started, we'd like for you to subscribe, rate, and review, and listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. But Mike, back to what we were talking about, man. I know a little something about hip hop now, man. You know, I've been watching all these documentaries. I believe on, on hip hop culture. I, I believe you. And I'm, stuff. I'm so. All in. There. I, I I I feel like I throw a little something, but uh, hey man, y'all know I just got back from California. You still high? <laughs> <laughs> I will. I, you know, I'm still I'm still kind of high off the trip. I'm just talking about contact. <laughs> no, I'm not. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Clear. Yeah. yeah. No I just, no I, no drugs were involved. Yeah, in I, just, <laughs> I just uh, I I just assumed you were high on uh. Maybe contact high. Nah, nah, man. It wasn't that kind of party, though. All right. But, uh, hey, man, we did, uh, of course, we went to see Brent for his birthday. Okay. How and, you doing? Uh, Phenomenal artist, Brent York. Man, what was crazy was, uh, so Thursday night, we walk in the door. Guess what's playing? On the radio, on a on a on a component set at, at Brent's house. At Brent's house. Okay. He's got a component set? Component set. <laughs> All right. What? John Coltrane. Shit. I mean, you know. That's what I said. I was like, it makes sense. It makes sense it to makes me. Sense. It makes and, sense. And, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, man, I'm just, you know, that's just like his vibe out thing. Just he loves straight ahead jazz. I don't you know, know. Who, who. You you, you got to love it. I don't know who, you know. <laughs> At the very least, you have to appreciate it. The, the craft of it. Yeah. It's, 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 even it, if you don't. Even if it's not your wheelhouse of taste, I mean, you gotta be like, man, that takes some mu- musicianship to do that. So yeah, man. And so um, the next night, he had just gotten his record for his birthday, which you know, Sam Cook all night. That was Friday night. Was it Sam Cook or was it uh, was it uh, uh? He told you he had a Sam Cook album. A Sam <laughs> Cook album. Where would you go? Where would you go if you want a sound cook album? Sad, no, I'm just trying to make sure because you know what? Most not people, that, not that, not yeah. that. Yeah, not that. When people dude. say sound cook, they know one song. <laughs> but you, uh, Born by the River. Changes gonna come. Yeah. You mean deep? You mean <clears throat> album cut? Sam it was cook. Yeah. Sam <laughs> cook album. That's why. I'm, that's why I was asking. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying on that. But yeah, man, and so you know, we were hanging out in the studio and everything, man. It was just like a, this. He had a home studio, a home studio, a whole nother structure. Oh, where? You know, behind the house and two stories. Wife has like an art studio, and then he has his studio upstairs, and it's just you know, everything is uh, analog. Okay. You well, know, his music kind of sounds like that, mm-hmm. which are, you know you can appreciate mm-hmm. analog better, you know. Yeah, man. So, but what I did, uh, he turned me on to somebody too while I was there. Um, a drummer, jazz drummer Chico Hamilton. You ever heard of him? I want to say his name sounds familiar, but mm-hmm. you're gonna have to, you gonna, you have to hook, you gonna have to help me. <laughs> All right. Well, Ch- uh, uh, Chico used to be a side man for Count Basie and Lena Horne, Lester Young, and Jerry Mulligan uh, in the fifties and. He's in that cool jazz, post jazz, post pop, bop, and uh, the jazz fusion scene. Um, he actually turned me on to a record that he had, and I just came home and kind of we kind of vibed out, listened to it a little bit of it while I was there. But the actual album that he um, hooked me up with was called "Man from Two Worlds." 
Okay. Chico Hamilton. And it's a, you know, when you say a drummer has a record, a jazz record, it really doesn't encompass him as like the lead is always a, you know, it's always a quartet or a quintet or trio or whatever. Then he does like a little, so some solo things mm-hmm. here, and then they go back into you, a, you can't really play melodies on drums, right? But go ahead, you know. So, but <laughs> all in all, it was a very uh, uh, likable record, I would say. But if you get a chance, check out this man from two worlds, okay. Chico Hamilton. And of course, you know, Brandt is a drummer first. No, I didn't know I that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. he's a drummer yeah. first, and then he taught himself oh, okay. bass and lead guitar. Okay. Okay. You know, so, so he followed the same path as um, old dude from Nirvana that went to uh, that has Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. And all yeah, that. he mm-hmm. was a drummer he in Nirvana. Nirvana, and Nirvana yeah. He didn't start playing the guitar. And then you know he's singing and all this stuff. But a lot of his records, if you listen to some of them, um, he's playing all instruments on some of those records that he's made. Chico is no uh, oh, Brand. 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 Okay. But you know what? Here's here me. This is me getting on my soapbox again and. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna say uh, re- refer to somebody that I know Mike is familiar with. Artists should do liner notes more. Right. And they should they should promote liner notes more. Fonte had a new album on Instagram. He has the liner notes in a in a video snapshot of all the personnel on the album, and I appreciated that. Okay. Hmm. I forgot you told me that. I've been yeah. I've been it's off an EP. the grid for yeah, a couple exactly. of days. But he had so, but yeah. he has his the the entire personnel. This was just like, like like when you re, like when you pulling out an old album, yeah. and you see like the personnel list mm-hmm, who playing. Mm-hmm. It's just like that, and I was just kind of like, wow, I like that. But that that reminded me that's a that's another way to get people to understand. Like if I coming back to what Sheldon's talking about, I, I can that would make me appreciate Brent even more mm-hmm. when I see that personnel and it says mm-hmm. this instrument Brent, this yeah, instrument yeah. Brent, this instrument Brent. I'm like, yeah. oh okay. Yeah. yeah, man. So, and actually, he uh he gave me like all of his records on vinyl while I was there. Word. Yeah, so I got the whole collection. Cool. Pretty much the whole collection cool, on vinyl man. now. Cool. I think vinyl. I think rock is gonna uh almost outdo hip hop with the vinyl now. I, I, I mean, they're really trying to do it. They're really know. trying to make a. I think that's more the, uh, and I don't mean to cut you. No, go ahead. Go ahead. But I think that's more of a. Uh, uh, more of the uh, independent artists. Oh, yeah, you that. got a point. You yeah. got a point. You definitely have a point there. Yeah. yeah. So, because... That's true. Yeah, I was in the record store the other day, and most uh, most everything I saw was hip-hop. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got a point. A yeah. lot of it I didn't was think hip-hop. About that. Yeah. But, yeah, but all of the indie stuff, Yeah, it just seems like anytime I see an indie rock person, there's like this album, there's uh, some a vinyl, vinyl, you know... Album thing that, that goes with yeah, the Yeah, that goes with mm-hmm. it. Part of the package is bundled in, yeah. Yeah, so you know, but what you've been, what's been happening with you, Maurice? Other, uh, than, other than Fonte, other than Fonte, how did you uh, like the Fonte album though? I liked did it. you listen to it? I liked it. It's I an EP, yeah. I, you know, so you can you can listen to it in like twenty minutes. Yeah, I listened to it like the first yeah. two songs. Yeah, it, it's it's good. Yeah. It's good. I like it. Sounds like he was in in a space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> On the record, and it's it's actually more. It's 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 very familiar to Fonte's stuff. But then his little his little departure, K Tronada did a little mm-hmm. song at the end. That was that was cool. I like it. I like that. Um, I'm actually uh, still on this Two Chains album. Two Chains. I really like this album. It's a good album. And a lot of I don't know. I haven't seen a whole lot of everybody being all excited about it. But it's an old school hip hop album to me. It's like a if you listen to hip hop in the '80s and the '90s, you will totally be on board with this album and I just keep listening to it. I, I even like the uh, I like the first cut. The Ariana Grande, Grande cut. Yeah. I like that too. It's really it's it's a good album. So I've been listening to that a lot. It's funny, uh I tried to uh I tried to post it as our new music Thursday and it will not allow you to uh copy and hey, repost. The labels. These labels man. I'm like I'm just I mean I did it probably twenty times yeah, and it, it still like would not would they would want I as would many so. reposts as possible. So you would think so, but yeah. I guess they want their traffic to go to one place. Yeah, but man. it would still get to one go place. back to them. Well, is that how that works? Because I'm not even familiar. If you repost something, no, like I'm when just I saying, repost stuff, it only you're only I'm thinking you're only seeing it by going to arts our webpage. Yeah, but even still, if if you if you're that interested, 
you would go find it. Right, but anyway. it's hard. People don't have attention spans today. <laughs> so, you know, are yeah. they going to... I mean, I, I do. Don't. Everything that you're talking about, I do. If yeah. I see a video that I like and I can see that it's been reposted, I go to that yeah. site. But I don't know that everybody does. You're that. right about that. But let me ask you something else. Let me ask you both something about 2 chains. It's something that I have been noticing. I think, I think I've noticed in the last maybe these... Uh, Maybe about four or five rappers, I, and, I, and I, I won't try to name them all. But do you see a do you are you starting to see a, a shift in the lyrical content yeah. to something toward uh, building yeah. versus destroying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In the last, so uh, you know, and I think I want to say that Jay Z probably started that. Like, well, Jay's like been this, doing it for a minute. Yeah, I'm just saying. But officially, but yeah. like it's like this whole this whole vibe about building community and building. Wealth. He made it cool. He made it cool to talk about it. Yeah, because but to your point, Two Chains was already doing that. I agree, but he wasn't talking. He about wasn't it. talking about it. Right. He was still he yeah. was still TT boy trapping. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, all of them are trying to. Well, with the. The ones that are of a certain age are trying to kind of move into that arena. I mean, and then I mean, it to me it it separates them even more from the the uh, I don't even know what to call them the the Uzi verts of, of the world. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I'm I'm kind of glad about it because hip hop was really, be, you know, I don't listen to a lot of it, but it was becoming. You know that emo shit was really becoming depressing. I would tend to agree. <laughs> with I was just like, that. "Damn!" I, I want to be open minded about it, but I'm kind of with I'm you. Like, what the hell is wrong with all y'all? Get off yeah. the Xanax. But you know, to me, uh, emo is is interesting that we we kind of have an issue with that because uh, one of the songs that's on my uh, playlist that I just created was um, this song by Royce the Five Nine. Uh, it was playing. We got in a car, cocaine, mm-hmm. and it is a very personal song. I mean, it's extremely personal, but it's personal in the way that they reminisce over you as personal. And to me, that could be characterized as a kind of emo rap when people talk about things, really do these life stories. I mean, uh, they reminisce over you. They're talking about this man dying and how. <laughs> And and cocaine is about uh, his father being a cocaine so, addict and how he yeah, yeah. gave it up yeah. for his children and all that. Th- and, it, and you know, and it's really personal and it's really emotional. It's almost like the stuff that we called emo rap was kind of like it's, it's al- always been around. Well, I mean, yeah. I think that what we when we when we talk about that emo rap, the quote unquote emo rap that we're talking to, mm-hmm. we're talking about stuff. They talking about stuff. They what what they crying about. Like we don't, we don't really. I don't know that we we validate their their feelings, and maybe that's the reason why we're not feeling it. I ain't dating them. <laughs> that's the only time you got to be feeling something. That's when you have to care. That's the only time I got to validate anybody's feelings. I val- okay, I validate right. the wife's feelings. Other than that, no, everybody I'm just else. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm tripping. Yeah, man. What what about you, Mike? Man, Mike? I know it's something you've been on. Good lord. Schizophrenia, the Yang Project, Bobby Sparks. Oh, yeah, you. Good Lord. Yeah, you talked about that. I mean, you mentioned it. No, No, the organist Sparks. Oh, okay. Bobby Sparks is the keyboard. Good Lord, this album. Oh, okay. Look, man. Look. All right. I'm telling you, (laughs) this 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 is God ordained. Oh. This album is effing incredible. I have, I, man, the, I, the I, I don't even have <laughs> enough words for this joint, man. I mean, it's like it's like it clocked in at like an hour and a half. I've listened to it in a week about four times, hmm. like beginning to end. Like I have taken time to sit in one place and listen to this record. I didn't, I have no idea who this brother is. I'm looking yes, at him you now. Yes, you do. You know I'm who Bobby Sparks you is. Know him. Well, one, he's he's from Corsicana, right? So okay. he's played all over the city a lot. Okay. Number that's one. Two, he does all the keyboard work for the RH Factor. Ah, okay. He also does a lot of keyboard work for uh, 
Snarky uh, Puppy. Marcus too. Miller. Mm, Snarky Puppy. He's too. played for Snarky Puppy. He's played him. for he Prince. He's a lot of gospel artists. And he's a he's and and straight up a gospel artist. Let me tell you the first time I heard Bobby Sparks, or the first time I know who he, you know, from 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 uh, the first time I knew who he was playing, I went to hear uh, Michael Eric Dyson over at St. Luke. He was uh, uh, speaking over at St. Luke. My aunt is in the choir at St. Luke. And uh, they were doing, you know, in the black church, doing offering, you know, they played little music. They played the music. They were literally, they were playing Oh Happy Day. Uh, Bobby Sparks' main acts is the organ. Right. That's his main acts. Mm-hmm. Man, he was playing a solo to Oh Happy Day. Uh, Michael Eric Dyson stood straight up and like threw his arms out like I can't believe this is going on up in here you know <laughs> I mean it was like a spiritual moment like I think it hit everybody at the same time I think everybody kind of got quiet and was like damn who is this and then I met him because my aunt knows him at the time he and I talked a couple of times over the years just kind of run into each other uh, and I've talked to him a couple of times over the years, and he was telling me all this stuff that he wanted to do. This album came out, man, and it is. I've seen this album cover before, and I don't remember. It must have saw it on Instagram, or maybe you. So somebody I, has put I it may out, have, but I didn't realize. Because, um, and, and every time, because he did, he kind of did some crowdfunding for this album. Okay. And I kind of, I kept meaning to get it and I just never did I just whenever I saw it or whenever I thought about it it was like 2 in the morning I wasn't going to get my wallet but I mean this album has uh, 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 it has all the Dallas Funk stars on it Shelly Carroll it has uh, okay. uh, Verb his wife is a spoken word artist Sput Seatwright who's a drummer yeah. who played He's playing on our theme. Right. He's playing drums on our theme music. But, uh, man, it's got Jason Thomas who played uh, drums on for the RH Factor. Frank McComb is on this album. I saw that. Yeah, I saw uh, that. Mono Neon is on the album. Oh, okay. Uh, Keith uh, on here. Keith is Marcus on here. Marcus on here. Uh, and uh, uh, Hargrove is on it. Wow, okay. And then this other cat named Mark Simmons, who's a drummer, and uh, he's out of Houston. I can't think of, uh, at the moment, I can't tell you all the other people he's played for. He got Frank McComb on here, man. Frank McComb is on this album, and let me tell you something. This is is a jam band, jam session that was ordained by God. (laughs) I'm telling you, man. This, I mean, it's cohesive, it's funky, it's just, man... I'm like on a mission myself. I think I'm going to get on a mission right now myself that this album needs to be like Grammy nominated. And it's 19 tracks long. It's an hour and a half and you cannot, I guarantee you, you cannot stop listening to it. I I will stake my whole reputation of anything I know (laughs) that you can't listen to this album from the beginning to the end and, and find times to chop it up for yourself. You're going to listen to the whole thing. Even if you got to stop it for like two minutes, you're going to come right back to it. This is, man, I'm telling you, I am, I, I mean, the first time I listened to it, I was just kind of like, damn, damn, damn. I mean, it was just the whole album. I just, I mean, I just, I, it, it's not, it's not a whole lot of albums in the history of, of, of my canon music that I can say that every song captured my attention the same way. Wow. Like every track on the album had me going, oh shit. It was like he just bared his soul on this whole, like he might not be able to write another song for another hundred years. Because he left it all Because he left there. it all on this album. He I left every bit of it on this album. And the other thing, the thing that really caught, well, let me tell you the other thing that caught, that, that I thought about was Gary Clark Jr., Snarky Puppy, Bobby Sparks. Right now, those are th- those gonna end up on my year end review. I can pretty much guarantee that. Mm, mm, you know, mm. we usually happy if we got three or four good albums. Yeah. A year. Yeah. We got three in the th- first quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm guaranteeing that this is probably the, one of the best albums you're gonna hear this year. Okay. 
and I, and it, and it's March, man. I'm telling you, man. I don't know. I don't know who can come harder than this. I don't know. I just don't know. Somebody in a lab right now about to release something that they've doing that they're doing, but you're gonna have to come with it to 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 if you if if this was a contest, you're gonna have to come with it to get off Bobby on Sparks. He's he set the bar, and you know I said Gary Clark set the bar. Mm. Bobby met it. We got some good music coming out this year. So Bobby far. met it. Okay. If Gary if Gary said it, Bobby met it. Okay. I'm telling you, man. This is I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you gotta hear this record, man. You gotta hear it All right, from dog. beginning we, to we, end. We, we gonna listen to it. Dog. We gonna listen to Woo! it. We gonna listen to it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I just, I mean, I just, I, I cannot tell you. I mean, this, this is like. The, all right, I'm done. <laughs> Eric Gales is on the album. <laughs> God, wait a minute. You like uh, <laughs> James Brown when he walking off with the, they put the cape on him. <laughs> he had to come back. He had to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Gales, man. I mean, you know, it's just, I, I'm just, oh, man. All right. What are we here to talk about? Okay. Not Bobby Sparks' album. But the way no, I could. Uh, nah, we ain't going to do that. We're to give him a shout yeah, out. We gonna, you know what? <laughs> we might need to call him so we can play his music on our show or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny um, that you, you talk about Bobby Sparks. He was at he was with Martha Burks one day. Remember Martha Burks? She's mm-hmm. been at uh, about 10 years ago, about 19 years ago. I was at a birthday party at this steakhouse. And they both, he came in to play the piano for her. Yeah. They on played that night. At, uh, uh, your friend, your homegirl, uh, Christy. Mm-hmm. She he played at their wedding. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. With with Martha, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. But uh, Maurice, you know, you want to get into the nineteenth album for uh, Mister Stevie Wonder. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. So we, uh, I think we did a pretty good. We had a pretty good show when we did. When we do reviews of classic albums, uh, I think when we did the um, "Here, My Dear," mm-hmm. yeah, we 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 kind of uh, chopped it up on that one, and I thought that was a, a lot of good content for us. So, uh, to me, uh, "Hotter Than in July" is like one of those uh, albums that shapes your musical uh, what you what you like and don't like about music. Like it shapes. Your your musical taste. It's one of those really uh, groundbreaking albums, and uh, so I want to talk about that album. And uh, so before we get into it, I just want to talk about a couple of different things about this particular album. It was released in uh, in uh, September of 1980, and it was Sheldon. You said it was 19th, 19th album. 19th album. So the album that came before Hotter Than July. And I know I, I'm pretty sure Mike knows this journey through the secret life of plants. Got it on vinyl. Yeah, and then the album after this one was Original Music Aquarium. Mm-hmm. Got it on vinyl. So I mean, to me, that's just kind of like I mean, how can you, you know, not call uh, uh, Stevie Wonder a genius? genius. But um, you know, he was on this album was was a uh, was a proving ground of sorts for him because. Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants only had one official hit. It flopped. It was a flop. Mm-hmm. It was a, a kind of a quote-unquote flop. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stevie Wonder actually had some issues, like you hear a lot of artists talking about now with the label, and he said Motown didn't push it the way it needed to be pushed or whatever. So this was kind of like, oh, he needed to come strong with this and come with something. But we can talk about, and and even if you, uh, uh, and just to, just to, uh, just to uh set up hotter than july and then what you're talking about uh, i don't know that uh i don't know that secrets or the that album uh is uh you know my favorite my favorite phrase is accessible mm-hmm. i mean secrets journey journey mm-hmm. through the secret life mm-hmm. uh the uh I don't know how accessible that album is because it's mostly instrumentals. Um and then um it's long as hell. Uh it was a double it's album. Ninety minutes. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, but it was a double album mm-hmm. ninety minutes, hour and a half, you know. It was a double album. This was 
before the days of uh, CDs. So you're going to have to get up and change the record to, to get all the way through. Which was actually a thing. Yeah, which was going to, you know, after through it. And I just don't know. I think I, I almost think, I mean, Motown was a machine. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know how to package it, just like a lot of people don't know was, how to package stuff. It was the little, and it was the, it was the late part of the '80s. So mm-hmm. we're talking, we're talking a movement to, I mean, the early part of the '80s, late '70s. So we're going out of funk, kind of going out of R and B, and kind of going into a uh, kind of a different R and B boogie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, I don't know that I can be mad at Motown for not. Being able to kind of deal with that record, they didn't know what to record. do with it. Yeah. I mean, even I mean, uh, and, and given the number of outlets, I mean, there was just kind of like you had radio, and everybody had all of the same outlets, and they all were like, and, "You got to have something to service that we're going to be able to get people to dance to." Yeah, and all that kind and, of and, stuff. The, and there were no smooth jazz labels. Yeah. I mean, no smooth jazz record label, record, record, record. You know, there might have been some easy listening stations at the time. Mm-hmm. But there were no smooth jazz things. There weren't. There weren't any platforms for that it, album. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And that album actually came after his uh, anthology, which to me is interesting. And I kind of give uh, Stevie props for saying, "Okay, I put out an anthology. Now I got a clean slate. Now me, let me go to the lab and do something. Let me just be experimental with my stuff." Because I agree with you, it is very experimental. Even the mainstream cut, "Send It, Send to Your Love." If you listen to the song, it's just kind of like, wow, this is a mm-hmm. this is an intricate song that they're that that you're listening to. I mean, it's, it's got layers. The, yeah, I was gonna say it's got that pop layer on top. Got but this, if you listen to that song on some headphones, it's got this. Stuff cl- it's got this symphonic thing going yeah, on. Yeah, going. there's a lot of stuff yeah. going on on that song. Yeah, man. Yeah, and, I, and and again, I think that was probably a departure from what was going on. Yeah. at that period yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, he was he was kind of doing something totally different so he did that and then he uh, he was like okay well let me get back in my lane <laughs> well I'm, I'm just i'm just you yeah. know i'm speaking for him i don't know what he was thinking <laughs> but you know hotter than july oh, comes yeah. like with multiple multiple hits mm-hmm. it is his most successful album in the uk right his most successful album in the uk mm-hmm. the 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 people who contributed to this is just kind of like a list of who's who in the music industry then and even now I mean, you got Michael Jackson. You got uh, some the, the lead, one of the lead singers from the OJ's. Uh, you got Betty Wright. Uh, you got the uh, the Wilson brothers from the Gap Band. band. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, and you can Michael hear them. Jackson, and Wimbush. you can hear them on that song that they're yeah. singing background on. If you listen, you can hear Charlie Wilson on uh, "I Ain't Gonna Stand for It." If you listen yeah. to it, and Michael Jackson. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I was reading that was really interesting to me was that. This was uh, uh, the this was the first uh, uh, platinum album for uh, Stevie because Motown sales uh, were not audited by the Recording Industry of America prior to 1977. So they weren't they weren't looking at they weren't tracking the albums of certain labels really prior to 1977. Now we can talk about why. <laughs> but I think that's amazing because we know that Stevie Wonder was a bona fide star right. long before this album. Mm-hmm. But this is like his and first. He probably had plenty platinum. Yeah, albums, yeah. right. Yeah. At least platinum singles. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So when he goes down in history and they do his official thing, it really, it's really not right. Yeah. Because all of his stuff prior to 1997 wasn't being audited by so the body that yeah. Or, yeah. that that can that the the recording industry, mm-hmm. aso- uh, you know, Association of America, was not auditing albums from Motown Records. So that that's really 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 interesting. So I mean, we can get into this album and start talking about cut by cut. Uh, one of the before we get into cut by cut, one of the more uh. Uh, significant things about this album is it had the happy birthday, birthday. song mm-hmm. which was which kind of for for me shapes what I would call uh, I, I guess what we talked about before a protest artist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, artists who are activists and Stevie continued to do his grooves he continued to jam but he was also very very serious about uh, his activism and and I think he played a major role in the Martin Luther King uh, holiday. Yeah, I yeah. mean, 
it put it, if nothing else, it put it on the minds of black folks. Yeah. So, you know, black folks was like, okay, okay, this is something that this, this, this should be important to us. And, 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 and the movement to what we have today, although I've never been off on Martin Luther King holiday. <laughs> I'm glad that everybody <laughs> else gets it off. Uh, but I mean, that, that to me, that's a, it's the beginning of that, that particular movement. So, uh, to me, that makes uh, Stevie even more important beyond the music industry. Uh, another thing that I really like about this album or that I like about this era of music is that uh, we were still in the era of album artists. So, for example, there's a song on this album. I didn't own this album until I was an adult. So the songs that I heard on this album were from what I would hear on the radio. Mm-hmm. But I've heard Rocket Love. I heard Rocket Love on the radio as a child. That song was never released. Never. That song was never released. And if you don't, if that doesn't sound significant to you, just think about when you turn on the radio what you hear. Right. I mean, you don't hear you don't hear an uh, DJ DJ saying, "Hey, I heard this album." Deep cut somewhere. And I know you like. I know this is the cut that the artist gave to you. But we're gonna play this one, <laughs> and, and, and 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 you really need to you know see what's going on with this album too. I mean that to me, and so you know it's kind of like, you know we we've had this conversation about uh, are the people programmed or is, did, were they were did they did they uh, uh, walk away on the, um, on their own and and you know what really got us where we are now as far as music, and it, to me that's kind of something that I really really regret that we don't get to what well, we do in some outlets but as far as mainstream music you don't get to hear an artist's full disc- discography you don't get to hear what that artist can bring you uh on their album unless you go and buy the album one of the things i'm going to argue i'm going to just just based on what you just said um what you just said rocket love and i would argue probably the biggest hit on this album is all i do yeah and all i do was never released excellent point that's the weirdest is is that not is that i mean that's just that proves the genius of stevie yeah all i do was never released and it's probably the biggest album if you sing i believe i believe most people know that song more than they know any of the other other than happy birthday and then most more recently lately Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. recently lately Lately, Mm -hmm. but uh, was lately released? Lately was released. Lately, lately, lately was, was released. released. Okay, there were so. actually four releases from this album. Okay, Happy Birthday was the last. Was the last song. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Master Blaster, Blaster was the first one. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna stand it. Was the ain't gonna stand for it. Was the second one, and then lately was the third. So my my very first Stevie Wonder record was Master Blaster Forty Five. Mm-hmm. I cannot find it. I have no idea what happened. It's to influenced it. so many people. Mm-hmm. I, we, I, you know, we need to sit for a minute with that particular song, because so this is the it song. It was reggae, and this, you know, this is yeah. the song that the uh, that the Jones sisters, homegirl, took and and she reworked this to uh, make their first hit. Okay. So you know, you brought the sunshine. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know. So this is this yeah. is the song. This is yeah. the song she was listening to when she made mm, that one. Okay. So I mean. To me, this song is really phenomenal because it is the genius of Stevie. That is one of my favorite Stevie Wonder songs. And but I also don't really like it when non-reggae artists try to do reggae music. And uh, and 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 Mike, you were saying that that Stevie Wonder spent time with Bob Marley prior to actually recording this song. So so that that had an effect on it. But I to me, it sounds. It, it sounds very manufactured when other people, when when non reggae artists tried to do reggae music. I think uh, Prince did one where he did. Uh, I think it was Blue Light was the song, the kind of the reggae song that he had. Uh, he had one reggae song that I was like, I really really like that because it's a really really uh, authentic reggae song but for the most part when i hear it's just something about it doesn't ring true when you, other people do you know what it is it's all them it's all those uh fake ass uh accents and uh, yeah they always yeah. trying to maybe that's trying it. to pronounce Don't... trying to use uh uh, Jamaican accents to yeah. pronounce words. Yeah. And, what is and, that? Patois or whatever you, you yeah, know. I don't. Know. And they don't get the inflect. They, you know, they try to manufacture the inflections, and it's it just, never works. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's 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 few artists who can actually pull that off. 
But and so the thing about the thing about the uh, Stevie song is he never really tries to do that. And it's also, just the rhythm. And also the tone and temperament is a Bob Marley song. The tone of that, yeah. what he's talking about in that song, it's like he's setting the stage for this entire album that you're getting ready to listen to because he says in that song, it's hotter than July. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just uh, he he's giving you a Bob Marley vibe in that song. <laughs> And just uh, just to put a pin there, I was listening to an interview with P.J. Morton the other day. P.J. Morton, an uh, artist out of New Orleans, yep. and he was talking about how he is a uh, he is a student of the school of Stevie Wonder. And so so this kind of, yeah, it goes kind of, you know, and I said before, his live album is a Stevie Wonder album. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mean, it mm-hmm. just, it is, it is, it is, when you listen to PJ Morton, you're listening to Stevie mm-hmm, Wonder, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's not an affront to PJ Morton's skill. Right, it's just he just knows how to do what he does well. Yeah, and yeah. it just happens to be, you know, the uh, in the lineage of a genius. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, all right, man, it froze it up the last <laughs> time. That's not that's not what happened. Uh, shit. I'm, that's I'm, why I'm, we have technical <laughs> difficulties. Hey man. I keep talking about you being a producer extraordinaire and then you be doing tricks and shit. Yeah, man. I, I did something. So totally different happened. All right, man. Right, I'm gonna this let you leave that. So, this is Wi Fi, man. Okay, man. I'm gonna, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go back now. But anyway, the uh uh PJ Morton was talking about how uh and it kind of harkens back to our gospel show as well. He was talking about how Stevie, he didn't have to, he has PJ Morton, son, he's a preacher's kid, right? He has no desire to do gospel music. Like he doesn't want to mm-hmm, do a gospel mm-hmm, album. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he says, and the reason is because um, he says, Stevie Wonder wants to talk about God. He just talks about God. Right. He doesn't do a gospel right. album to do it. He just right. does it. Right. And he's saying that, you know, when I, and he said, and if I'm writing a song and I just want to talk about God, I'm just going to do right. it. You know, yeah. irregardless of you know the content of the entire record, if that I want to, if I want to do it, does to me too because it just to me it just means it, it's more of a uh, organic thing anyway. When you don't have to stop and say, Absolutely. "Oh yeah, now it's time for me to start talking about God." Um, but and I think that that's the thing that after I heard that, after I heard the interview, and we were the, I heard the interview uh, in preparation for the uh for this show mm-hmm. i started thinking about what you just said mm-hmm. you know he was just like you know i'm just gonna knock this uh he's like i've been hanging out with bob let me see if i got something mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then the good thing about it was he wasn't trying to do a whole reggae album he just mm-hmm. said you know mm-hmm. i got this vibe i'm with it so let mm-hmm. me you know I'm, I'm here so let me just grab it and go with it yeah. and so yeah. i think that's pretty dope hotter than july i just i just uh, hotter than july master blaster mm-hmm. i just remember it being I just that that thump, you know, just that that backbeat mm-hmm. is what like gives like gives you life, and then then you almost don't. I think that one of the geniuses of this song or the genius part of the song to me is is if you have no experience with reggae music, you don't even realize what you're listening to. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it still feels like yeah. just yeah. an R and B song. Yeah. It just feels yeah. like soul music. Absolutely. And Absolutely. you know, it's just. And again, you know, now now we get to say that you know, again, we don't we haven't talked about reggae necessarily on the show before, but you know, it's right in the line of our DNA as well. It yeah. just, I mean, that back drum, that beat is yeah. exactly what the music is supposed it's to be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. The song uh, that uh, I will say that is a hit for everybody that. Is not my favorite Stevie Wonder song is Lately. And I don't know why it doesn't hit me the way it hits other people, but uh, that one doesn't really, like when I hear that one, I don't get Stevie, I don't get like, oh, this is what I love about this album. It's a perfectly good Stevie Wonder song, but I don't, I don't, I don't hear, I don't hear classic. I like, I like Stevie's version. I don't like it when I hear other people do it. (laughs) Right. That's that's right. my issue with yeah. it. Every you know, if I hear Stevie do it, I can listen to it. It's not my favorite either. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it is it's definitely not my favorite either. But when I hear all the other versions, the the most recent that I can think of was Jodeci. 
Mm-hmm. And everybody was, oh, Joe to see you. I was like, this shit is garbage. Yeah. I mean, but that was just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Those not that did not that, know. And it wasn't and it wasn't necessarily an indictment of Jodeci. I just don't think you know, some songs don't need to be remade to me. Mm-hmm. There are some songs that just don't need yeah. to be touched. And not that somebody can't do it, you know. Fantasia might sing this song and blow my socks off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It might just happen that way. But every other version I've heard other than Stevie, I just kinda go, eh, really? Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. kind of leave that long, yeah, you know. mm-hmm. and I don't. And and again, it's not because I think Stevie did it so perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like, mm, I just don't want to hear anybody else doing it. You know, but don't touch Rocket Love for me. You know, because Rocket Love, but Rocket Love was on a different album, so yeah, we'll. Uh huh. <laughs> Rocket Love is on his record. No, it's, it's on. Not, the, it's, it's on, on his one. record. No, oh, I'm, th- I'm thinking about sending one you love. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I, I got you. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about so, it. So uh, the song that I really want to, that I found something out about, I found out something about this song that I didn't know before was I Ain't Gonna Stand For It. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is not a fun fact to me because when I heard it, I was like, that's not good. Uh, I Ain't Gonna Stand For It. Eric Clapton covered that. Mm-hmm. And he does the same vocal affect. Like it's trying to do like this little twang in the voice. And I'm just kind of like, nah. So, Steve, nah. but I love Stevie's <laughs> version. Of this song. Stevie from this. Detroit, yeah, singing this like country, literally a country, country western, western song. song. Yeah. And when I when I was uh, when I was re-listening to this album, this is one that this is one of the songs that I probably listened to for about thirty seconds, and then I skip. And it's not because I don't like it; it's just that 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 Twain kind of. I listen it to It kind of gets thing, to though. me a little I bit. I love this song. I like this I really song. Like something about the twain that kind of gets to me. I, yeah. see where, I see where, yeah. But you know what? Did if Lana Richie. too hard. Oh, I don't God. know what it was, but if Lana Richie was singing this song, it wouldn't bother me. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. literally yeah. wouldn't bother yeah. me. I'd just yeah. be like, oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was so. I think in my head, it's a. It's, it's a it's too much of a departure from Stevie Wonder. I don't know why I feel that way. I just do. It feels so Stevie to me. It feels Stevie lyrically to me. I agree with that. It feels lyrically. It feels like Stevie. And I just like the fact that uh, I never hear in Stevie songs a distinct vocal, background vocal like that. Like, the more I listen to it, the vocal is just kind of like I can hear Charlie Wilson belting that out. And I never, I don't remember ever paying attention to the background vocals on Stevie songs like that. Now he may have some though. I'm like I'm not, not thinking about, but usually it's kind of like he's doing a duet with somebody or or whatever. But just the 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 background vocal is like has, it's it's part of the it, it plays a a, a a pivotal part of the whole song. Like he mixed it where you can actually hear the background vocals, not as a a chorus, but it's like you can hear the voices. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, man. I wonder. Uh, I, I I wonder what the connection was with Charlie and Ronnie. I think, How they ended up on? Because were they background people anyway? Well, Ronnie no. is a bass player first, mm. but he didn't play on this album. Yeah. That was Nathan Watts who played yeah. the bass on this album. But I, I I'm just curious about the connection. No, the Gap Band they weren't they weren't uh, Total Enterprise. To, what was the name of that? What was the name of that label? Total, total experience. Oh, I don't know. The yeah, label something like that. Like that. Tamla, mm-hmm. When you said that, oh. when you started with the yes, yeah, total, yes, yeah, total experience. Whatever that label, I think it's total experience. So they just started out as a band, and then so I'm just curious if you know they were rolling through town or something, and you know, like, hey, come sing on this song mm-hmm. with me. I'm mm-hmm. just real curious about the connection there. Yeah, because I don't recall. You know, I kind of went. I'm I'm rolling through my little Rolodex in my head. I don't recall Stevie doing anything on Gap Band Records, Mm-mm. and I don't recall <laughs> no. I don't recall them doing anything else on Stevie Records. So, one thing that I, I want to go back to what you said about All I Do and that the fact that that song was never uh, released. Did you know that Tammy Terrell recorded that song first? First, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Have Have you ever heard her recording? Uh, it? I have a. Uh, I have a CD of uh, Tammy Terrell and Marvin Gaye duets, and then it has a couple of no, it has a couple of singles, like a couple of songs by Tammy and a couple by Marvin. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I want to say I want to say it's on that CD, but it's probably not now that I'm thinking about it. But um, I know hers never hit. Right, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was. It was I don't never, think it was it never was, released. It was, right? it was only released on an album thirty-two years after she died. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's not. And from what I read, it's only it was only released in the UK. So, I mean, if, if so, it's probably not on that record. I'm thinking it is. No, it might be on some bootlegs or something. If you have like, bootlegs. I've heard it. Yeah, because yeah. it's uh, it's slower. It's not like. Well, now yeah. there it is, yeah, yeah in our heads, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've heard, I've heard this version, but I, I don't never, remember what. I have my first time ever hearing it today. Yeah, I mean, it was nothing. Uh, 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 I mean, you know, it was nothing uh, groundbreaking or anything. I mean, this is another one of those songs where you have to do it the way Stevie did it. Yeah. If you're gonna try to remake it, you got to remake it as close mm-hmm. to Stevie as possible. Yeah. But she recorded it first. Because, you know, Stevie was as much a, a producer-songwriter as he was an artist. So, you know, this is, uh, this is like, okay, I'm giving, I'm like, I'm like he gave Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway a song. Or yeah. Gave Jermaine Jackson something. I mean, it's, it's just him giving people, and then he was like, okay, well, let me just record this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I play this song quite a bit, actually. Cause uh, it's one of Stevie's the, greatest songs. Yeah, the, I mean, it's a great song, and people like love it. to dance to it. So I like it, uh, it. Yeah. I mean, it's got a great tempo, and it's got a great feel to it. You know, it's like uh, it's like Stevie's dancing in September. Mm. You know, it's one of them jams at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people people like it. People like the song a lot, and I probably got ten versions of it. People remixing it and extra drum and bass and house versions of it mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's pretty cool actually i like it i mean it's such a it's such a basic four four driving kind of you know you just it seems like it would be easy to do a lot of different things with it because it's just yeah. right there to just to beat yeah, everything it's yeah. just right there for you to and uh uh one of the friends of the podcast kelly o'neill she'll re- she'll out, request kelly. that yeah She'll request that in a minute. Okay. That's her jam. <laughs> All right, Kelly. Yeah, that's her jam. Right. Okay. Okay. But you know what I didn't know was that it had, a, uh, on the album itself, uh, there was a portrait of Dr. Lamar Luther King in a black background on one side of this particular album. And uh, and it has some words that are that are uh, Stevie wrote that's below the, below the uh, record itself. If y'all get a chance to look on the back of your, you, have you ever seen it on your record? I, I have it on CD, unfortunately. So oh, okay. it might still be on there, but yeah. that's not an album cover uh, that I've studied over yeah. my. Yeah. yeah, this is the one where you, you're talking about the where he makes this join me in the in the observance. No, nah, it's it's it is believed that for a man to yeah, lay yeah, down yeah. His, that yeah. la- the last sentence on that is oh join okay me, yeah join me in the observance of, yeah. of January fifteenth, nineteen eighty one. A national holiday. holiday. So yeah, he was the driving. He was one of the driving forces behind that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that part because I hadn't seen this album since my aunt lived on Colorado <laughs> at the time when this came out, man. And that was what nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty. Yeah, nineteen eighty. I think the only 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 used copy I've seen of the vinyl of this, it was relatively scratched up, and they were still asking like ten dollars for it. So. I just kind of left it in the store, and, and it didn't have a line of notes, so I didn't. Yeah, I didn't care to. I didn't care to keep it, so or get it. Okay. But maybe I'll find it one day. So, you know, I don't. I don't dig just to have records. That, you know, I dig now, so I can pass stuff on to the little one. Okay. okay. And she'll have you know some something for her cannon. Yeah, yeah, and she needs you know, and you know, the genius of Stevie is something that's incredibly important. Absolutely. So you know, especially this album, I think it's a, it's a. You know, I don't think. Uh, I think it's interesting that you chose this album to talk about. I don't. You know, it's just an album that I. You know, so Stevie has a lot of albums that. I mean, I know Stevie's hits, but yeah. Stevie has like three or four albums that I I got I know the album. Mm-hmm. Like I can get and sit down with the album. And I know the album. I can sit down with the with these three albums. I can sit down. With Plant Life, because mm-hmm. I've listened to it several times, I can sit down with Hotter Than July, and I can sit down with Original Music Aquarium. Mm-hmm. Which so, is that they would yeah, back to all, back. All three of those. Yeah. So to me, that's just interesting that, that that particular streak that Stevie was having was the one that resonates for me 
and original musicquarium is the one that if I if you you know said put on what you want to hear from Steve right now that would be the one that I would put on just because it just takes you in so many yeah. different places enough, I, I have that album on cassette cd and vinyl yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. that would be the one but it was just hotter than july was just to me it was an important album mm-hmm. original music aquarium is like my favorite album to me because mm-hmm. uh, just just the hotter than july was like okay stevie is starting on his this this uh next part of his his career he just released his first of probably what would be many anthologies. He's leaving the, uh, he has left, he's established himself outside of child star Stevie Wonder. And yeah, now he's, yeah. now he's grown man Stevie Wonder. He did this experimental album, kind of had to regain his footing after that because it wasn't, he didn't, he wasn't a superstar, it wasn't, you know, it was kind of like a misstep for him career wise. Not saying that the album was, was there any lesser quality? Mm-hmm. But then, and then you start back down this path of what most people know when they hear Stevie today. They know the stuff from Original Music Aquarium, Original Music yeah. Aquarium mm-hmm. and Hotter Than July. Mm-hmm. That's, that's songs, if you yeah. ask like the regular or the average person about Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. they'll start and they start naming Stevie Wonder songs. They're gonna pick songs from one of these two albums. Mm-hmm. To me, that's that's a, that's usually what you typically, hear. Typically, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so maybe a couple from. A few albums before, yeah, like, I like Jungle Fever. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very good, good album. album. That was a good album. That was a good album to me. I, I really like that too. These three words is like a really. Yeah, that's a really to me. That was like Stevie, uh, showing you, hey, I'm still here. Right. I can still write. I can still write yeah, a song that's relevant and that people will listen to, even mm-hmm. if they don't know that I am Stevie Wonder. I mean, it was it was that was one of those songs. So back in the day, it got into a discussion about who was the better vocalist, Marvin Gaye or Stevie Wonder. Vocalist, like we're talking pure mm. vocality, vocal music, just singing. Who who is who is better? And for my for my money, I'm not gonna say who's better. I'm just gonna say I liked Marvin more. Marvin is like my favorite singer. So favorite male singer for mm-hmm, certain. Mm-hmm. He is he is definitely that for me. Mm-hmm. And I just I'm I'm I see him more as the crooner, the smooth voice. And even on his songs like uh, Sanctified Lady, mm-hmm. his up tempo jams, you know, he yeah. kinda laid it out for me. Mm-hmm. Stevie, his voice is powerful, you know, and I, I think uh for me I just I, I preferred the smooth if I'm if I'm comparing yeah. those two yeah, as yeah, vocalists, yeah. I prefer the smooth from Marvin versus the the the. Uh, that's a that's the, a interesting the, the comparison. Uh, the horn like quality of Stevie's voice. Okay, you know, Marvin is a saxophone. <laughs> right. Stevie is a trumpet. Right, right, right. You right. know, that's just the way I hear it. What you think, Sheldon? Uh, for me. You know, I hate people that sing and they can't do runs and they can't do <laughs> you all say of you those. You hate them. I hate them. <laughs> shit. They, and they can't and they can't you, do runs. You just pretty much cut out all R and B music today. You know, so my my thing is, look, go listen to Steve and learn how to do do some runs, please, because his voice is so powerful, and he can make his voice do whatever he wants it to do. But he can do things that other people can't do. That's why he's Stevie. You know, so. so you can listen to it over and over again. You still might not get it. <laughs> you yeah. know, but I mean, you know, my thing is go listen. If you can't do that, just just be quiet and stay in your lane. No, well, so their lane is not being able to do that, right? So to me, it's like who who, who out of the two of them. It really depends on what what you think is important about singers. Yeah, yes. you know exactly. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, and I you can't, just said runs. I can't. And you like the pruning part. You, you you like the him as you like Marvin's just stands out as well, a pruner. I'm I'm if I'm compare. I love both of them as singers, mm-hmm. but if I have to compare the two, mm-hmm. that's what I'm leaning toward. See, it almost is like an apples and oranges for me, but I guess not really. It really not, I think not, I think you're more correct than you. you yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel like are. I feel like it kind of might be, but they both have. I mean, Stevie just to me was just 
consistently better at both up tempo and ballads. Just he just consistently like Marvin. I can I can't think of a lot of up tempo Marvin cuts that uh, different eras. So his up tempo cuts was his stuff in the sixties, the, the ballads Motown, and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know, other than again, sanctified lady, and mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. maybe you can call sexual healing mm-hmm. an up tempo song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. He he doesn't have a lot of dance tracks yeah, yeah. from our era. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. agree with that. But you can dance to, you know, do I do and a couple other. Uh, all I do and right, all right, that. Right, yeah. right, right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Yeah, I, I, Stevie is just. Uh, I, I, I consistently would go back to Stevie more than I would go back to Marvin Gaye. Right. Um. So yes, it it, it would be Stevie just for for my musical taste. So here's another question I have. Okay. Controversy I ran into on a site some years ago, and I didn't even know how to approach it. Um, uh, gentleman, this guy, whatever, it was a website I was on. It was okay player, actually, that I can remember. Loosely, the conversation was this. Stevie wouldn't be Stevie had Donnie not died. Mm. The late, when Donnie mm. died in the late 70s, mm. he died wow. in 79. This album came out in what, 80? 80. So his argument is is that Stevie would be less an icon had Donnie lived. I can't I can't <laughs> just go that's I can't just balk at it and say that's a that's wrong. I really can't. Cuz uh Cause, because if you think about it Donnie was every every much the musician yeah that Stevie. That Stevie is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So you you start to wonder I didn't. I don't know that I even. You know, hopefully, hopefully there wouldn't have been any competition. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Other than you, you don't know, know though. They're both other human. Than, other than some friendly like. Yeah. You know, it's not like. But you got the songwriting, you got the mu- musicianship, and you got the vocal. With Donnie having a slight edge, he got on an the vocal. edge on the vocal. Right, <laughs> he's got an edge so, on the vocal. Oh, yeah. So that's, That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So he was trying to make the yeah. argument that Donnie, Donnie was a uh, probably a better artist on some level, and probably Stevie wouldn't be the icon he is had Donnie been stable, had mm-hmm, Donnie mm-hmm, lived. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's an that's an interesting argument. I kind of I kind of tried to hunt around for some 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 other people that m- kind of made those distinctions but i was doing it so quickly i may not have uh might not have run through it but um i just think it's i think that's pretty cool that would be yeah yeah if we could rewrite history and look at that that would be yeah i'd be curious to see about that how that worked it's almost it's almost a uh it's almost uh uh it, it would be interesting to sit down and find the records the last couple of records that donnie did and the and the stevie records in that era and kind of sit down and compare them mm-hmm. what they were doing musically yeah because well, now time. i'm wondering because now i'm wondering if part of the reason and 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 as i'm thinking about this part of the reason that journey came out was you know, that was what, 77, 78 when Se- Journey came out in 79. OK, so that's the year that's the year Donnie died. And so a couple of years before that, he had just put out an album Donnie did. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if Journey was a pressure album. Uh, responding like, to Donnie. Yeah. Like not the industry, but to Donnie, to Donnie like, saying I, I can do I right. can. Yeah, you did this. I can I've do done it. this, but check this Watch out. This I can do I can this do. too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Can can you can you get here with me? Now here's an even more interesting question: Would Stevie be a different artist had he lived? Because you know that kind of you know artists play off of each other. Yeah, and real artists definitely are listening to other people yeah. and like, wow, yeah. he did that. Let me dig deeper. Okay. Let me see where I can go with mine. Let All me right. see. Let me see what I can get into. <laughs> just just as an aside. I was in the record store the other day and I found some Giorgio records 
You remember Tina Cherry and, and you remember Georgia? I do remember yeah. Motown's yeah. response to Prince. Yeah. Right? And he yeah. just kind of, he just was like, yeah, yeah no. he was nothing to no. it. Yeah. No. yeah. But that's just to the side. I just happened to see those <laughs> records. I was like, damn. Yeah. I was like, Georgia. He had a couple of hits. Boy, he had that Lover's Tina Cherry and Lover's Lane. Yeah. 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 Lover's Lane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And I don't know if I would call them hits. They were kind of. They, ur- they were urban. They, they were, were uh, yeah. Motown pushing. We got uh, us a prince. Okay. okay. Yeah, but okay. I don't. How many times did you hear them songs on the radio, though? I heard it. Yeah, I, yeah, no. I heard them on the radio, but yeah. But anyway, that's but, that's that's the departure for a moment. But Stevie was uh, so what Stevie wrote some songs for Donnie, and I said that earlier. He wrote "You Are My Heaven" for Roberta and Donnie. Yeah. So I mean, they were collaborating. Yeah. So would they? You know, would 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 that even be a question of? Uh, them competing with one another, would they be making music together? And that uh, would be fire. That would be just that yeah. would be some. Light. It would be incredible because, um, um, even even my favorite songs from Michael Jackson, Jermaine Jackson came from Stevie. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, let's get serious. Let's get serious. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, what's the Michael Jackson song? Can't uh, can't help it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, Mike uh, mm-hmm. Stevie was a, Stevie is a bad man. He's a bad man from beginning to end. Yeah. He can do some stuff that you know mere mortals can't do. And, and you know, just going into this uh, topic it made me think about some future shows. We need to really like to see if there are some people who 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 really were successful as as successful as producers as they were as artists. Mm-hmm. Because Stevie is one of those where he could do both. He could do both. I mean, and does does one? Well, I guess him as an artist eclipses him as a producer. But he was a phenomenal producer. But then you'd have to uh, break that out between writer and producing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about and, that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and being group. an artist mm-hmm. because yeah. he didn't, you know. Whereas he produced all of his records after. After the you know seventy whatever two three, he started producing all his records. He was writing for people that he didn't because I don't think he produced. Let's get serious and can I and no, can't he help wrote, it. He just yeah, wrote those yeah, songs. Wrote, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. We have to dig into who was actually <laughs> laying down tracks and producing stuff. Yeah, and you know he and he and then of course we know he has some writing credits for some stuff he didn't write. So, uh, what, uh, no, talk about it. Uh, well, the lore, folklore is from Shaka Khan, the Tell Me Something Good. Mm-hmm. That he didn't mute. I called that a Stevie song. Yeah. <laughs> Stevie <laughs> didn't Stevie didn't necessarily write the whole thing. Shaka wrote a lot of the lyrics for it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but, you know, we we'll, you know. So that, that, and that, that, and that, that might be wait a minute. That, that might story be came from Shaka. Story. That story came from Shaka. Wait a minute, because you stop, know, stop, I'm just gonna put stop, it out there. Stop, stop, <laughs> stop, because we don't have we don't have no I'm money. Because I don't have no money. <laughs> we don't have yeah, no don't money for no slanders. Too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I'm, but I'm just saying that's that that's that's the folklore. Okay. You know, they said the same thing about James Brown too. He didn't he didn't he didn't write a lot of those songs. Yeah, I, I believe that. I, I believe that, but I don't necessarily believe this. Yeah, okay. because Shaka, if you wrote "Tell Me Something Good," what else did you write? And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Let's wrap. <laughs> so hotter than July. If you got to pick one song to go on your playlist for uh, when you get. Uh, when you get stranded on a desert island, you can only pick one song from the album. What you picking? I gotta pick Master Blaster. I love. I ain't gonna stand for it, but I gotta pick Master Blaster just because it's just just phenomenal song. Hey man, I gotta go with Rocket Love. That's a good one too. What about That's a good you? one too. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let yours have be Rocket Love. I'm gonna go with uh, All I Do. Okay. It probably would have been Rocket Love, but you know. Rocket Love is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Rocket Love is bad. I love that song, man. It, she took him there and <laughs> she dropped him off. Drop your black ass off. Drop your ass off. I'm done. 
Oh, man, as always, we want to thank you for listening to Psycho Music Lyricology. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Like us on Facebook at Psycho Music Lyricology. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PsychoFellas. You can be contacted at PsychoMusicLyricology at gmail.com or 469-606-9534. Until the next time, peace. Peace. Peace out.